Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Talking about comparison today, and this is a big one, Jamie. I mean, I was thinking about when my first baby was born. And I remember very vividly being at this gathering. And we it was some woman's house, one of my friends, we all had babies. Because, you know, you have babies in clusters sometimes. Or like you gravitate toward people who have the same (laughs) season of life, right? So we were all there. We all had our babies. I had no clue what I was doing. I was sure they had a clue what they were doing, which I'm sure they didn't. Right. But right, that's the first thing we think. They know what they're doing. I don't. And my baby had awful acid reflux, but I didn't know it at the time. Here's what I thought. I just thought I'm a terrible mom. Yeah. I had a terrible baby. I mean, this is a thought that went through my head because I I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I remember that was the first time as a mom comparison because I looked around. I promise you all of their babies were Were perfect. Perfect. Yeah. They were like, no one was crying. Everyone was darling. They were all, and my baby is over here. I am literally jostling this kid to death, trying to like get him to be quiet. And I'm like, what in the world? I've had the worst baby. I'm the worst mom. So that's the first time I can remember comparison. And here's the thing. Comparison has continued through sort of the mothering thread of my life but it's because i think we just as women as people we're a comparing people what about you have you had that kind of oh my gosh yeah when have i not yeah right and i think when i think about comparison i think we like we are a comparing people because we always think someone has a better deal always someone has a better deal someone has a better life yes uh God sees them. He doesn't see us. Yeah. Uh, This is since the beginning of time. People have thought this. Like, God doesn't know what he's doing. He left me out. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Jamie Ivey here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine. Filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. 
Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The Guide to Christian Colleges and Universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. And so I think sometimes even when you take that into your parenting, right? Um, it's really hard because you can think this isn't fair. Mm. And usually comparison comes down to you thinking, well, this isn't fair. Um, you know, I have a friend who is a single mom and her comparing her life to other families who have a two parent family mm-hmm. that feels not fair. Right. And it might not be fair. You know, mm-hmm. I could set a case for that as well. Um, I There have been many times where I have looked at other families who seem to, quote unquote, have it all together. Yeah. Um, and think, wow, we don't have it all together at the Ivy household. Yeah. So I start to compare and then I start to think this isn't fair. And then I start to think that they're better and we're worse. Yeah. Um, I've done that, too, as you know, with other moms as mm. well. I never... And I shouldn't say the word never because maybe I did. I'm not a crafty mom. No, I'm not. I don't either. see you as a crafty mom either. Not in the least. No. So I don't enjoy crafts. Yeah. I don't do crafts. Yeah. I don't want to do crafts. And I remember when my kids were little, I would see moms who were just, you know who I mean. Yes. They're awesome. I love them. But I love them. Never. But I me. would think their ability to love crafts makes them a better mom than me. Oh, yeah. And that's just not true because I guarantee you I have something that they don't enjoy doing. You're right. Because we're humans, you know. So I do remember when my kids were little really comparing quote unquote crafty moms to me who was like, I don't have, I mean, we need a red construction paper. We don't have that in this house. (laughs) You just set some non- crafty moms free by the welcome way welcome to the club <laughs> yeah right yeah you've got two yeah. girls right here who yep. understand you we're your, two moms. we're your friends we're your friends yeah. we're with you yeah um i remember what at one point my daughter asked me will you ever be a room mom and i, I remember like sort of i don't know how i broke it to her but yeah. it was kind of like no <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah. at no point will i and I do remember that feeling of like i wish yeah i wish that i could give that to her mm-hmm. And could I have, like, maybe, like, you know, done that? Yeah. Yeah, I might have been able to. But honestly, Jamie, I would have never been great at it. I think we struggle with this comparison thing as a parent because we just struggle with comparison. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing. It's You wrote a whole book on it, UBU. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) like how we kind of die to that and really trust God's plan for us. I remember a couple of weeks ago, one of my kids said, that we were talking about something with like logistics. I don't know if you guys did this at the Whittle household, but every once in a while we had these meetings, okay? Yeah. Who's going here, doing this, da, da, da. <laughs> and it was a moment where I was like, I just, I can't be there or I can't do that or something like that. Yeah. And I could see that my son, it was one of my boys, was a little like bummed out. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, do you ever wish I was a stay-at-home mom? Mm. And he said, yeah, a lot of my friends have stay-at-home moms and their moms can do things like that. Wow. And I had two roads to go there. Yeah. I could just be like, oh, I can see how you would think that. I'm confident in where God's called me. This is my life. Or I could go, I'm a bad mom. Yeah. Because if I was a good mom, Mm. I would stay home and I'd be able to do all these things for you. And you'd be happier and I'd be happier and everything would be happier. And and it was that I started to compare myself for a second. Like, man, I wonder if I would be a better mom Mm. if I didn't have a job. Yes. And, you know, I... 
I was very proud of myself because I ended up just being like, oh, I bet I actually could do that if I was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you're right. I would be able to do that. But that's not where God has me, and this is my job. And so it was a choice I had to make right there. Am I going to compare myself to his friend's mom, or am I going to really trust that I am where I'm supposed to be? Mm. And I don't always trust, obviously. But that is that comparison of like, I would be better if. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've got something for you. Tell me. So I was raised by like the most incredible mother. You know. I know her. You've met Mimi. I know precious Mimi. Yes. Um, I only know her as a Mimi. I could imagine she was precious darling. All of those Stay things. Stay at home mom. She said to tell you hello, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but she was literally the most incredible mother. Yeah. I mean, she really was. Always. I, I can. I, Jamie. My birthdays, I can tell you, there were they were a huge to do. Everything was special with her. Everything was wonderful with her. Truly, truly, truly. But for me, and it's that's wonderful, yes. But can you just imagine? Then I become a mother, so I live in the shadow of the perfect mother. Uh, right. So, so you're comparing your motherhood to your mom's motherhood. Right. So you want to talk about comparison of mom to mom? Yeah. I'm in my mind living in the shadow not only of a perfect woman but a perfect mother and i know i I mean i knew from day one i could never be Mm -hmm. my mother yeah and so there were moments and there have been moments where i've really struggled with that i think for me what i and i don't even remember the day i don't even remember the moment but i do remember thinking it was a it was a crossroads again and i i I think i'm glad you pointed that out because i think in those moments of feeling Mm -hmm. of comparison because we all have them we have the choice if we're at a crossroads i do remember one time feeling like i can resent my mother and constantly be in a battle my whole life with my kids of fighting that feeling and being feeling less than or whatever or what if I allow my amazing mother to be an amazing grandmother to Mm. them and like let her fill in some of my gaps but still be the mom that I am and so I mean that's that's a journey it is a journey that's for sure you know I mean I, I and I haven't done it perfectly and there have been times of wistfulness where I've been like oh she's so great at uh-huh. this isn't it you know yeah. isn't she but I do think the mom to mom thing yeah is really tough sometimes I think it's really tough but you know what has helped me combat that is finding out more to the story mm. and what I mean like let's say I was super jealous of you Lisa yeah and I just see what I see and I think you're awesome your kids you have this open dialogue your kids love you you probably never fight with scotty and your family all your grandma kids they all adore you and it's just like so happy yeah perfect all the time perfect all the time and i'd be so jealous of that because Mm -hmm. then i would compare myself and i'd think if only i'd be a mom like lisa whittle Mm -hmm. but then if lisa if you and i became friends right and we became such good friends that you were able to say, like, man, I'm really struggling today with Mike or, or fill in the blank. Yeah. I'm really struggling with this. And then I would have this moment where I'd be like, oh, it's not perfect. Yeah. So she may be better at this, but she still struggles with this. Mm-hmm. And it would be that, like, that vulnerability, like, oh, I don't have to compare myself to her. Right. Because she has her own struggles. Yeah. So I think sometimes that mom to mom comparison, it can kind of die to itself yeah. when we see behind the curtain. It's so true. 
it's like a gift we give to each other as fellow moms. Yes. We're, we are in like this um, sisterhood, this, you know, parenthood thing together, right? Yes. So the gift we give each other is to say, me too. I mean, honestly, so good. my yep. best friends have always been the ones that they didn't have to be exactly like me. We didn't have to always like the same things. Yeah. Often we're very different in personality, but the one thread for me has always had to be, they've had to be honest about the fact that they weren't perfect, their parenting wasn't perfect, their life wasn't perfect. And so I I think that's really important because we give each other a gift. The other thing I think is that social media has made this huge for us. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're scrolling social media, right? And we see the picture. Yep. I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We see the picture of, let's say, the perfect family. Yep. And we all know it's the highlight reel. We, yep. we, we say that. Yep. We know that, like, of course, on a holiday, we're going to take the beautiful picture of everybody in the dresses or the suit right. or whatever. It's Everyone's smiling. Uh-huh. We can even, I mean, I'll take it a step further. We can even, like, show the bloopers of this is what it real really looks like. Yeah. But I think somewhere still inside of us, even if we show the real picture, quote unquote, you know, of, you know, no one smiling or mm-hmm. whatever, we still believe it. it's a perfect family and ours isn't. And yep. there's the comparison thing, family to family. Yeah. Social media has Social just media made it go crazy. Social media is so hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that that's hard because you are, like we said, you're just seeing what they want you to see. And I always say with social media that for me, as if it's my social media account, I can put up whatever I want. Right. I can put up the best pictures, <laughs> all I want. But when I'm looking at your social media account, I have to believe that you're only showing me part of the story. Mm. Because if I show awesome pictures of my kids, what you're not seeing is the struggle behind closed doors. Right. Someone that you follow, you think they have it all together. You're not seeing the fights. You're not seeing the drugs. You're not seeing anything else that could be there. And I think we have to remember that. And it helps us kind of keep guard from that. That's why I always say real life friends are where you're going to do life with. Yeah. Like do life with a real life friend where you can like touch them and hold their hand and hug them and talk it out. Because then that comparison that's a lie is gone. It's not there. Right. Um, I think a lot of time, too, we do this comparison within our own family. That's so true. If you have multiple kids. Ooh. Yeah. And I, in my family, the Ivies, all four of my kids have different DNA. So I have one bio child, three children that joined through adoption, but none of them are biologically related. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. But yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we've got four. Obviously, every kid's different in every family. But in my family, four completely different hmm. DNA completely different beginnings to life all the things and so when we compare our kids to our kids Mm. it's damaging and i think that we don't talk about enough of how sometimes as parents this is a hard thing to say yeah sometimes as parents we kind of gravitate towards the kid that's having the least amount of problems Mm. they're the ones that you enjoy being with Mm. Because let's be honest, we've got all these different personalities. Yeah. Neither one of us are going to say which kid that is for us today. Right. But it could change. Sure. The older your kids get, I've said before on this podcast, I really like Caden right now. He's my oldest. Yeah. 
but he's also the most mature. Right. You know what I mean? It's not fair to compare to like a you know, eighth grader. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's two, they're two different maturity levels. Absolutely. And so I think that's also hard within within mm, families so true. is to compare like, man, I think I just want to hang out with this one because they're 22 and we have more to relate to than my 10 year old. Right. It's a whole different story. And yeah. so that comparison can be really hard. And I think that's a battle that we have to fight inwardly with the Lord of like, mm. God, make me see each kid with what they need and not what I want mm. for them or to yes. give them or all those things, you know? Yeah. And I think that's hard to admit sometimes. It is. I agree. And, and here's the thing. Kids can like feel this. Oh. And, 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 and look, I, I don't want this to induce guilt in people when I say that because I know in, immediately we get the mom guilt, we get the parent guilt. It's like, okay, I feel bad. I've done that. I, I know my kids can pick up on that. This is not a, a guilt, shame conversation. It's, let's be aware yeah let's be aware let's talk this out let's bring it's like everything we're doing in this whole you bring know to the light podcast let's, let's talk about this yeah because our kids can feel it yeah they can feel the comparison stuff and so you know if we are at a place let's just be real about it if we are at a place where we're enjoying one child more than the other which can totally happen yeah I, I think we just have to take that to the Lord privately. Yeah, and, and you know, if we're married, our spouse, yeah. you know, maybe and say, hey, right now it's just easier with me with this one because yeah. they're just more likable. Right. Because kids sometimes are more likable at different seasons of life. They and just are. Neither one of us are have grandchildren. No. And so neither one of us are parenting like 40-year-olds. No, right, right. I would guess that's still a battle, though. I would imagine so because all of these these all of these situations just kind of continue. It seems yeah. like I mean mm-hmm. that's the thread since we're talking about since kindergarten to yeah. you know young adulthood. Yeah, it all continues. It just has a different look. Yeah. I guess is uh-huh. what I would say. And I was thinking too when you were talking about your kids with the different DNA. My I have the three, but they are all very different. Even though they have the right. same DNA, right? So it's weird because mm-hmm. we've we've parented our kids. I want to say we've parented them the same in some senses, and then we've also had to pivot and parent them differently according to what they need, what they need. Exactly. But there has been a temptation because I think it's a temptation with all of us as parents Mm -hmm. to compare when one turns 16 and the other one turns 16. Yeah. Well, when they were this age and then they were this age and then, you know, so Uh and that is. I think a normal totally feeling that you have as a parent. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just taking it to the to the step of actually doing it because our kids they don't they don't deserve that. Right. They don't need that. It doesn't help them. It's hard enough to be a 16 year old. It's hard enough to be a kid. And what we're trying to do here, as always, in all these shows, is launch them well. Yeah. So we don't want to launch a kid into their own, um, you know, problems with yeah. comparison. They're already yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah. They're already doing that in their totally, own Totally, totally. Yeah. Today, millions around the world are suffering as a result of violence, oppression, and extreme poverty. Sometimes this endless cycle of suffering can feel overwhelming. If you're like me, you want to play a part in bringing an end to suffering. And at the same time, I think we all want our children to have a deeper understanding of the needs in the world and guide them towards becoming generous and compassionate adults. But sometimes it's hard to know exactly where to start and who to trust. That's why I'm super excited to tell you about the path from our friends at World Relief. 
The Path is a community of bold, compassionate people of faith who are committed to fighting against suffering and injustice in pursuit of lasting change with their monthly gifts to world relief. Whether it's a crisis in Ukraine, an earthquake in Haiti, or a wave of refugees from Afghanistan, you can trust that The Path community is already there, responding with the love of Jesus alongside you and your family and your children. Empowered by the monthly support from the PATH community, World Relief is making a difference around the world, and you can be a part of it. You guys, I personally love the work that World Relief is doing with the PATH community. I trust them, and I believe in them, and I want to give you the opportunity to join as well. You can join the PATH community of monthly givers by visiting worldrelief.org slash launch. That's worldrelief.org slash launch, L-A-U-N-C-H. Launch your kids into life by leading them to love like Jesus. Join the path at worldrelief.org slash launch today. I think too, another, when I think about comparison and whether it's like I'm comparing myself to another mom or one of my own children to another one of my own children or Mm -hmm. their own friends or whatever, sometimes for me it feels like, am I trusting God Mm. with what he's given me? Um. I've mentioned my friend before who her daughter has special needs and there's some comparison struggles that she's shared with me before as a mom and she'd be happy with me sharing that with you guys is just that comparison of Hmm. that doesn't feel fair yeah that my daughter can't go out by herself yeah and so comparing her life to someone else's life Hmm. is hard you know and so I think it's just it's deeper even sometimes than that kid got A's and my kid got C's. Yes. You know, sometimes it's like, God, this feels really hard. Yes. And this doesn't feel fair mm. that that mom seems to have it quote unquote easier. Yes. Or she seems to have a really some, if you're a single mom, you think that doesn't feel fair that I don't have a spouse to help me, you know, mm. or if you're a husband, um, isn't much help. You can compare and be like, if I just had a better husband, I'd be a better mom. Mm. Those are scary. Those are like hard comparisons. Yes, but real. I mean, very you know, real. I, I was thinking about my my girlfriend whose son at seventeen uh, went to heaven, mm-hmm. and I remember that. I think it was maybe uh, that that following graduation season. Mm. Yep. I remember she was talking about how she would get graduation announcements. And how that felt particularly hard. Yeah. Because, again, it was the comparison of those kids get to graduate. My son won't. Um, Those moms get to enjoy that. I won't. And, you know, there's some years now past that, but but it's still hard. Yeah. And it still hurts. And so you're right. I mean, there's the comparison that we can talk about that, you know, is, is... on sort of one end of the scale and then there's the really really in the trenches difficult like god why almost even like god was there favoritism here was there you know and i think that that's very real it's very real it's very hard yeah i think one of the things i'd love to hear from you like what has helped you Mm. in this journey one of the things that's helped me and I'm thank you for sharing that story about your friend because it just reminds us like there's silly comparison not silly but yeah. smaller yeah like I'm not a room mom right and then there's yeah. I lost my child right. and that doesn't feel fair um one of the things for me 
because comparison can be something that really kind of rears its ugly head up. I think comparison can feel like jealousy or envy, yes. discontentment, all those can kind of go into this comparison conversation. For me, it's been how do I um, get to know the person mm. that I am comparing myself to? Yeah. And so if I'm comparing myself to, well, they that family really feels like they have it all together. And she's a much better mom than me mm. because I am struggling over here and she's never struggling. But if I just assume that, then then I don't really learn anything. But if I get to know her, it helps me battle that. So sometimes getting to know them helps me battle it. Another thing is like a trusted friend mm. where I can say out loud, yes, um, hey, I'm really jealous of this person. Mm. I've done that. I remember there was a season, um, my friend Amanda, she had to listen to me tell her that I was jealous of someone way too often yeah (laughs) and she was so kind about it yeah because she would listen to me and i didn't want to be jealous of this person it's Mm. not like i was like continuing to just kind of feed it i hated it i hated the feeling i hated the jealousy but amanda was a really good friend Mm. to like just listen and help me take it to the lord and so i think sometimes even just like saying things out loud and we've said that a lot in this whole season yeah sometimes we just have to bring things out to the light yes I think for me, uh, what I would say is is purposeful generosity. Mm. And I mean, I really mean to say it like that yeah. because I'll just speak for myself. I'm not generous naturally, but purposeful generosity is really choosing that. And what happens when we do that is something inside of us changes. Mm. And so the only way that I've known how to get better is to dive into a greater purpose than the pain of that moment. Oh, that's good. And so, you know, I I, I talk about this in in the hard good. I, I've learned from my own son. Really, he was a in a in a season of his life where he was sports were really important to him. He played a football literally his whole his whole life since he was like seven years old and. I watched him through his his high school career where he worked so hard, Jamie. I mean, he was he labored, he did all the practices, but it was in a really high competitive level sport uh, football at his school. And I watched him get bypassed sometimes for a position that he had worked just as hard for. Um, really had the skill level, but a lot of those guys had skill level, right? You know, sometimes as parents we think they had yeah, the better uh-huh. skill, but realistically they all did. And um, so it was about his junior year of high school where people would would start getting scholarships. And I watched one by one his friends get scholarships. Mm. And I would see him because I would get all of his tweets. Uh, I, I signed up to get all of his tweets like where I would could keep track of uh-huh. what he was tweeting. And I saw him tweet one by one every time his friends would get a scholarship. He would not only just, you know, say congratulations, yeah. but he would pump them up and he would cheer for them. And it taught me so much about generosity, mm. purposeful generosity, because I knew in his heart, I lived with him. I knew God, it was good. hard for him, Jamie, because yeah. he wanted that. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that he was choosing to cheer for these guys. And it taught me because I thought, so good. I don't know if I cheer like that, yeah. but I want to. Yeah. So I learned from my own son. And I think what happens is not only obviously is that the right thing to do and is that, you know, help other people and is that great and whatever, but it does something inside of us yep. because it makes us love someone that naturally we might 
otherwise resent. Yeah. Because if someone gets what you want. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be with them. You compare to them. You you know, you have all those feelings. But when you do that, it sets you free. So to me, a way that has helped change me is that purposeful generosity. So and, and, it, and it is that choosing to say i'm gonna i'm gonna find purpose in my Mm. life i'm gonna use myself for the kingdom of god because i want to be doing something rather than sitting around thinking about the fact that they have things that i want that their life looks great and then because all that does is make me think about where my life doesn't compare totally i love that he taught you that because that's what us women moms caregivers need to really know is to the, the ability to not be jealous of someone, the, abil- the ability to not consistently compare ourselves to people is to genuinely cheer for them. Yeah. To genuinely be happy for them. And you cannot genuinely cheer for someone and want to be them at the same time. That's right. You want the best for them. Yep. And I think that is what we have to talk about when we're thinking about comparing ourselves uh, to other women, to other families, to other kids. Uh, we have to be willing to say, God, I trust you with what you've given me. And I think mm-hmm. it comes down to a lot of that of like, God, I trust you. I trust you for the life that you've entrusted me with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I know that God doesn't compare us. Nope. I know there's no favoritism with God. And I know that God has created all of us for a special purpose. And that includes our parenting and our kids. And we can trust it all to him. Suzanne Sibyl received her BS in social sciences from Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, where she also completed additional graduate work in the schools of sociology and theology. She has served as a high school professor, the first women's basketball coach at SMU after Title IX, and as the founding director of Shared Housing, a social service agency in Dallas. As an internationally recognized Enneagram master, Suzanne has conducted over 500 Enneagram workshops over the past 30 years. We wanted Suzanne to speak to us about comparison because, let's face it, she's a sage. Suzanne has so much wisdom on the Bible and human behavior. She's the exact person we need to give us a little gentle advice on how to handle this comparison issue. My name is Suzanne Stabile. I want to begin by congratulating you, Jamie and Lisa, because you're very courageous and vulnerable to be as honest as you chose to be about being a mom and that sets the stage for everybody else to have an opportunity to be vulnerable and honest as they listen to you. So thank you for that. I, Lisa, can identify perfectly with you with your first baby and thinking all the other moms were better moms. I took mine in for the first baby check, my little girl, and I uh, didn't bring extra clothes in the diaper bag. Diapers, but no clothes. And she did one of those poops that goes everywhere, and so there's nothing to do. You can't use the clothes you brought her in. And I have her in a diaper wrapped in a blanket in the summertime while all the other moms have these adorable little dresses and bonnets on their babies. And I thought, I'm the worst mom here. And I think that comparing never stops because we're kind of set up for that. We're set up to measure ourselves by how other people do things and then we, I think, make ourselves feel better or worse, depending on what we're observing. I've been saying for a very long time in my work that all comparing leads to competition, and all competition leads to winners and losers. And once you get into that whole comparison process, 
there's a good chance you're going to be the loser. There's no way to guarantee that you'll be a winner once you're in. I'm not a crafting mom either, and I felt better just hearing the two of you talk, and my children are all grown and uh, range in age from 34 to 44, and I still feel bad sometimes about being a non-crafting mom. And I wasn't a room mother. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for a while. But when I was staying at home, I thought, well, maybe I should be working. And when I was working, I thought, well, maybe I should stay at home. It's like you you are where you are doing what you are doing, and yet it seems on a regular basis that somehow something's wrong with you and your environment and the way you're doing life. And so I, I think we have to be careful to know that there's no such thing as a perfect mother. Because the Enneagram is my work, I would say that there are nine ways of parenting if there are nine ways of seeing. And I think one of the mistakes we make is assuming that we see the way other people do, that we're put together in the same way somehow, and we're not. And then I think we uh, fall into the trap of believing that we're comparing our children one to another when we're really just relating to them in different ways because of their personalities and because of ours. My children, when they were small, used to say, she's your favorite, he's your favorite, you have a favorite. And I would always say, my favorite is the one who needs me the most in the moment. And I still feel like that was a good place for me to stand because it meant equal access and it meant I was available if you were struggling as my child. When I heard you talking about social media, I've often said that that would be such a trap for me. I didn't have all that to deal with. I'm 71. So when my children were small, I wasn't in that. But it occurred to me as you were talking that it isn't social media just more crafting? Isn't it about having the right tools and the right way of using those platforms to craft the image that you want to put into the world? I um, am adopted, and I remember being with a pastor at one point when uh, another pastor, not my husband, the pastor, and uh, he was having a lot of trouble with his son. And his daughter was older and uh, a biological child, and his son was adopted. And I remember him saying, you know, sometimes we just used to look at him when he was a baby and think, what, what is wrong with him? He's not at all like us. And I've never forgotten that because I'm adopted. And I didn't look like my parents, but I am a lot like them, it turns out. And I don't think we take into account all of the potential for difference. Different parenting styles, partnered or married to somebody who has other parenting styles, parents who had different parenting styles, children who require different parenting styles. So I think the way to maybe address what you're avoiding in terms of avoiding comparison is you have to avoid the guilt or the feelings of shame that lead to comparison. And I actually think the guilt comes first. And so I think we have to be very careful not to 
take it on. You know, guilt is just guilt until you receive it. The world can put it out, but you don't have to pick it up and you don't have to wear it. And certainly, I think avoiding shame is essential. And I have said for as long as I can remember, I think parents, all of them, with very few exceptions, are doing the best they know how to do. And that's all anybody can hope for, is to do the best that you know to do in the moment. Comparing, I think, comes from an insecurity that might be reasonable at times, but other times I think it's coming from a desire to be the best, not in comparison to other people, but to be the best you can be. And I think that's what you have to strive for. I envy you all a little bit because my generation uh, of women didn't share much our struggles with one another. We were kind of caught in uh, the first generation of working mothers, and we held our concerns pretty close and didn't feel the freedom to share like you two are sharing and like you're setting the table for other moms to share. And so what if we walked through life from this point wondering how we could offer what we have by our acceptance of what we see around us and our awareness that we're all so very different and we're all doing the very best that we know how to do. I want for my daughters and my granddaughters in their lives to come peace. I want them to go to bed every night with peace, knowing that they got up, loved their children with all they had that day, and went to bed with hope for the next day, and got some of it right and some of it wrong. And children are very adaptable to both. Again, congratulations on your vulnerability. This is a great conversation. I'm glad you started it, and I'm honored to be part of it. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive producer is Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Art by Noel Rhodes. Original music by Matt Graham. Your co-hosts are myself, Jamie Ivy, and Lisa Whittle. Thank you for listening.